Welcome to the Love Life Church podcast, and thank you for checking us out. We love God, love people, and love life, and we hope this message encourages you and inspires you. Here's today's message. Turn your Bibles to first, 2 Timothy chapter 1, verse 7. 2 Timothy chapter 1, verse 7. I know I say turn your Bibles, but that can be press your Bible, flick your Bible, do whatever on your Bible there. Emotions. Emotions are our feelings. And emotions are something that either we be a big blessing for your life, in other words, they're going to be awesome, or they're going to be hell. They're going to be a curse in your life. They're going to be negative. And when we look at our emotions correctly, and we start paying attention to what does, what does the Bible reveal to us? What does the Bible say about the area of emotion? And when you start looking and investigating, you'll see what God says about it and what we need to understand about the emotions, as well as recognize that he gave us emotion. So it's nothing that is a negative in the sense of, uh, you know, God, take these emotions away from us. But it is something where when you start understanding the area of emotion and what the Bible says about it, it literally empowers you to live a life that is free. And anytime you have freedom in your life, you're going to have success. And that's what Jesus says. I've come to give that freedom to you. So when he says that he who the son sets free is free indeed, he's saying that when you receive Jesus, he did something for you, but then you have to receive what he did for you. Because see, you can have him do something, but not accept it. And if you don't accept it, then you don't get the benefit of that gift or that blessing or that act. And so when we look at the word of God and we see what his, his desire is, his desire is for you to be free in life. I've come to give you life and life more abundantly. The only way that can happen is, is freedom. And so that's what we're going to be really looking at as far as what does the Bible say in the area of, of emotions so that we can be free correctly. Amen. You know, emotions, they can be the best and the worst. And so what we want to do is we want to uh, see when it comes again to what the Bible is, you know, communicating to us about, it, it gives us information to help us control life, be empowered in life. And this is where most Christians, majority of all Christians miss it, because in relationship to understanding Scripture, it's, it's not understood very well because it's not known. And so what they do is they go by assumption. And assumption leads to it's all Jesus' fault or Jesus has to do it. And if he doesn't do it, well, it's guess his will. And my life's screwed because it's the will of God. And so they go through this process of not realizing that the Bible talks a lot about life, teaches us how to be better in life, teaches us how to be better people in life, teaches us how to be better husbands, wives, teaches us how to be better fathers and mothers, teaches us how to be better employees, employers. It teaches us everything, but nowhere does it say, give it to Jesus and tell him and he'll fix it. 
nowhere. But what do we do? That's how we pray. God, fix my marriage. God, fix my marriage. Instead of reading scripture, it says, here's how you fix your marriage. Husband, love your wives. Wives, submit to your husband. Honor him as a bishop, holy father. Three brave men. And I know those three brave men, and they're going to be whimpering later on. Because they ain't all that. This is, this is just for show. But the point is, is, is it, the Bible teaches us how to have best in every area of life. But I'd never see Paul giving you this information saying, screw it, just give it to Jesus, he'll fix it. Never. It's not in the Bible. But what is the Christianese talk like? What, what is the communication like? God, do this, fix this, take care of this. And I know God's up there going, read the Bible, 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 read the Bible. And he's trying to get you to understand that that instruction, the teaching of the Word of God will make you, help you, change you, fix you. But again, you know, those are things where it requires us. <laughs> we have to accept responsibility. That stinks. It's so much better to blame everybody. And God's not going to change. So we have to learn these principles, amen? And I want us to learn so we can become great. So we can be better in all the things that he wants us to be better at. And I'm telling you what, it makes life easier. It makes life so much easier. I looked at, um, I mentioned this last week, but the signs of emotional, emotions that are out of control or, you know, you, you don't have, it's because of your training, how you were brought up or, you know, what type of information you're listening to, your favorite psychologist or whatever, and how you assume that, you know, this is just the way you are. And if you get mad or you're angry or sad or fearful, it's just who I am. Deal with it. You know, quit trying to change me. And the problem is, is that's the problem. We're assuming that the way we were raised or trained is, that's it. You can't fix that. It's just who I am. And by doing that, you lose the ability to have transformation, have change. And that's what we all want. We want change. Listen, subtract church, subtract here, get this all the way, and just common sense is, of course, that's a fact. But because we're in church, all of a sudden we want to fight, we want to argue the point. And I get it. I understand that negative attitude towards church because most churches are religious ones. So, of course, you're not going to have a good attitude toward them. But we ain't that church. I'm giving you information for Monday. It's not religious. It's not super spiritual. It's fact. And every principle in this word is a principle that not only is a natural, common sense principle, but it's a spiritual truth. So it supersedes everything that the world might try to tell you. And by the way, by the time the world gets it right, it lines up with scripture. Marriage, it wasn't that long ago where the world, everybody in the world was going, it's flat, it's flat. And thousands of years before their voice is going, it's flat, it's flat. The Bible is saying it's round, it's round. 
And this is how, this is how it's always been. God has the answers before the problem. Woo-hoo! I love that. Answers before the problem. But let me give you some signs of, of people or issues that were really, I think, are important to pay attention to because it has to do with your longevity here on earth. These are the issues that people have, a diff, have issues with when it comes to your emotions out of check. Depression, digestion problems, high blood pressure, heart attack, stroke, anxiety, high levels of shame, anger, self-harm, excess, excessive substance use, high-risk sexual behaviors, extreme perfectionism, conflict in interpersonal relationships, eating disorders, suicide thoughts or suicide attempts, all by someone that cannot keep their emotions in check. Now, the key is, is why would all those negative things be tied to emotion? And that's the important thing to see because the emotion is tied to something else. It's tied to thought. And that is the key. Those thoughts are producing the emotion. So I want you to understand something. You're going to go get angry and you're going, I can't stand it, I can't stand you. But it's the thought that's producing that outburst or action. Do you understand what I'm saying? So ultimately what this is saying is, is those thoughts are producing all this. Not that you screamed or yelled. It's what those thoughts produced for you to scream and yell. Not that those thoughts produced a fear. It's the anxiety and all the effects of what thoughts of anxiety, thoughts of fear produce in here. And I'm telling you what medical science says about this issue. So what we have to do is we have to say, okay, this is an important subject. I need to learn what the Bible teaches so that now with that knowledge and information, it empowers me. Now I'm empowered in life. And anybody with any type of knowledge of, of, or a desire of success understands that that knowledge, that information is empowerment. Just like in the trade you're in and the work you do, the more knowledge, the more information you are getting and are able to put to action, that levels you up. It takes you to higher levels in your job, in your experience in your work. And so when we start paying attention, we start realizing God's word is going to make me better, a better human being. It's going to make me better in marriage and relationships and in sports, whatever. It'll make you better. It'll make you have better vacations. Listen how quiet you are. I've been on vacations as a non-Christian. Some of those vacations I don't even remember. I know five of you understand, but, but the rest of you have been Christians your whole lives. And that's not something to be excited or brag about. You know, there have been times when, you know, I, there were, I was supposed to be doing something. I don't remember doing that. But I guess it was cool. It was fun. Uh, a lot of, you know, seeing hurt, pain, even death on some of these, quote, fun times. 
as a believer, as a follower of Jesus, I remember all my vacations. <laughs> I remember how awesome they are. There isn't any time where it wasn't like, well, this really sucks. They're all awesome. I've been, I've been in the position of fishing and hunting as a non-Christian. Being a Christian fishing and hunting is so much better, so much better. But again, it's my journey, and this is what I've come to know. I know this stuff. So I'm speaking from my experience of life and speaking what Scripture was share with you if you receive it. You know, I'd rather you, you know, just like my life and how my journey was, I'd, I thank God my kids don't have to have that journey to grow and to learn and to have a life that's successful. They don't have to go through that. I went through hell for them. Yeah. But see, that's what I, that's, that, that's what I want as a papa. I want to be able to give them the insight and information that will help them realize, yeah, I wouldn't want to do that. I wouldn't want to be that way. But see, I didn't have that information, so I didn't have that choice. Are you hearing me? Didn't have it. So we're going to learn how to control our lives correctly and being in control. 2 Timothy 1.7 says this, For God has not given us a spirit of fear, but power, love, and a sound mind, a well-disciplined mind. Now, you might be thinking, well, if he gave it to me, I lost it somewhere. You know, there's a lot of times, you know, in my, you know, growing in this Christian faith, uh, my journey as a, as a Jesus follower, I, I've come to realize there's a whole lot of things that you hear and a lot of things you're taught, but it's almost like those words and that speech is on the outside, and in your life, it's a totally different thing. And that connection needs to become one. It needs to be brought together. And religion can't do that. It, it, it doesn't have the ability to do that. But God's word, heard correctly, can and will do that. It'll bring that peace. It'll bring that, that place of, of strength. It, it'll bring security in your life. Like I said, this is about Monday. And what are you going to do Monday morning? What, you, you're driving to your work. You're going to your jobs, your, whatever. You're, you're living in your homes. You're having your family. You're raising your kids. You're training your kids. You're tre- teaching your kids. Whatever the case may be, Monday is, is what we look at is, is, okay, here's where this life is, is happening. Sunday is church. And what happens is, what happened in my life is church didn't equate to a successful Monday. It was tied to a successful picture of, look how spiritual I am. Look how spiritual I can talk. Look how I can look down on you. Everything about the, the, the beginnings of my walk wasn't about how to have a successful Monday because most of the information I was getting, I couldn't attain it anyway. I wasn't spiritual enough. And so it's almost like, you know, it's like you might just give up because this is too hard. You're never going to make it. And that's the problem with, with religious instruction. It can never free you. Never. It's always tied to works. And so we want freedom in here because, again, 
I want you to have the greatest relationships, greatest marriages, greatest, you know, parenting, families, the greatest jobs. I want you to have the best of the best. I want people to drive by love life and go, is that a new car lot? Is that, I mean, is this a, is this a new car lot? Is this a, 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 I thought it was a church because, you know, we got all these, you know, brand new Ferraris and BMWs and Mercedes and Kias and whatever. They're all out there, brand new vehicles. So what's happening here? Well, we just all want to go in debt for Jesus. No, no, because we're prospering, we're successful. And that's the vehicle you want to drive. God doesn't have this little limit up there going, nope, you cross this limit, that's too much. I mean, isn't that ridiculous? Because if you had a limit in 2019, 2022 has changed. Do you hear what I'm saying? Because even dollar store is like $2 now. What's up with that? There ain't no such thing as a dollar store no more. So anyway, I, I heard that that's the issue. I don't know. You know, um, the, the thing that helped me in this area of emotions is first and foremost, having them and why have them. When I realized that God in Genesis says that he made me and he created me. He made me and he created me. And that making and that creation was in his likeness and his image. And so realizing that, I've come to understand that God in his greatness made us like him. So if I have the ability to laugh or to cry, to get angry, whatever I have the ability to do, then God also has to have that ability. And what you do is, is if you pay attention to scripture, you will come to find out that he has all these emotions that we have. Except he's operating in those emotions God way. We see it in the life of Jesus. Jesus cried. Jesus laughed. Jesus got angry. Jesus got frustrated. Jesus got agitated, but no, never sinning, never crossing the line into a place where this is a negative. So there's this place where Jesus has the ability. Now, now follow me because, well, I don't know if you guys, growing up in, in, in this faith the way I have, I've been through these these, these seasons in my journey that I look back and I go, wow, they were pretty screwed up. In other words, we were pretty screwed up. But I noticed that there's certain attitudes and actions in the process of journey that I walked in that, that literally the instruction or the teaching was making you less of a relevant person in life and more of a relevant in, in the kingdom of the spiritual you know, position that you hold in God's family. And it, and it was weird because 
what you would receive was information that was tied more to this, this fakeness, this, this action of let me portray something that I have no clue what I'm trying to portray, but let me act this way. And it affected me and I know many, many other people because what we're doing is, is we're operating in a belief system tied to God that has complete failure in it. There's no success in it. It's tied to emotions. It's tied to feelings. It's tied to works. And by doing that, you cannot have what Jesus came to give us, peace, freedom, the ability to operate on this earth in the fullness, fullness of life that God has given us. But again, it's this relationship to this type of instruction or truth. Do I have it or do I not have it? And what I want us to do is I want us to stay tied to what God is saying. God's saying, I have emotion. I gave you emotion. And in that emotion, we are tied together as, as you know, his creation in a way where we can have more of an experience than just sound language. So that ties us together in a greater way. We have that connection in the area of the soul. And that's why you can have, you know, close friends, closer friends, acquaintances, and so on and so forth, because all these levels are tied to different levels of emotion. Are you guys getting this? So it's important to understand that God gave us emotion. He has emotion. And there's so many, so many scriptures on God and his acting in that emotion. And Jesus is life. So it's very clear that that's, that's a truth, right? So we have them now. So now I can look at myself, okay, emotions aren't bad. It's just how emotions are operated. So me having emotions, not bad. Even anger, even hate. You might think, oh my gosh, not hate. Oh yeah, hate. Because God even said he hates certain things. Well, what does that mean? I'm not supposed to because we should never hate? Well, yeah, in your religious belief system, you're correct. In God's true system, you're wrong. Because that hate takes you to a place of complete disgust. It's beyond the position of just anger. And there's certain areas where you should be in complete disgust. Not for the sake of judgment or attitude towards someone else, but the sake of your life of going in a direction that you should never go into. Amen. So th these are things that when you start getting the information, start hearing it, it, it really starts, you know, drawing a line in the sand and helping you be able to, I believe, comprehend life in a, in a greater detail and also experience this great expanse of life that he has for all of us. Now, he's not binding you. He's not, you know, walling your life around. He's saying, listen, I want you to live life big. The only way you're going to be able to promote true light, promote true salt, is to live what this word teaches. And what the word does is I'm telling you right now, information of God's word put to use frees you. It doesn't bind you. It frees you. And I want us free. Amen. I want us living a free life and being able to experience, being able to enjoy this life. 
You know, being a Christian doesn't mean you can't go on a vacation. You can't go on a cruise or whatever. It means that when you're out doing whatever, you're living the freest life possible where people recognize, man, they, they just enjoy life. Not because I'm going, oh, let's pray before we eat. Let's, let's make sure we're saying hallelujah, praise the Lord, brother. That isn't giving any life at all. I never, ever before being Christian watched someone pray over food and go, oh, I want to be that way. Never. As a matter of fact, even as a Christian, I hate it because my food's cold now. And this ain't true, true faith anyway because no one prays over chips and salsa. No one. And you're eating. So if you're going to do it, bro, do the prayer before anything touches your lips and pray your long prayer. But I'm going to be eating my chips and salsa in the midst of your prayer. How could you do that? Well, because it's not biblical, but I won't go into that. Giving God thanks is biblical. Thank you for your provision. But that's as far as you need to go. Not start praying for auntie and, and grandma and and do that on your time on the way to the lunch. I'm helping someone right now be able to experience a nice warm lunch. Let's move on. All right, praise God. So God has emotions, amen. Proverbs 29, 11 says this. A fool, oh, I shouldn't go this way, but I'm going to. Now remember, when I quote scripture or communicate in anything that might be stepping on your toes, believe me, I've crunched my toes way before it got to you. Believe me, this scripture hit me way before it hit you. I'm just where I'm at right now to where I wish I wasn't talking about myself. But anyway, a fool expresses all his emotions. A fool, everybody say a fool. To your neighbor, say, I hope to God he's not talking to you. A fool expresses all his emotions. How many, listen, <laughs> through my study, through my study, you don't know how many things I've read on psychologists, psychiatrists. I, I took psychology in college too, but you, you wouldn't believe how many times I've heard them say, you need to express your emotions, all of them. You need to get it all out. You need to be who you are. You do you. And God says, you're a fool. And that's why a lot of people have other problems because they want to express their emotions. We need to shut up, dude. Shut up. That's what I'm starting to learn. Zip the lip. Two ears, one mouth. Listen more than you speak. Amen? Listen more than you speak. A fool expresses all his emotions. But a wise person controls them. He, what, is the, what do they do? Control. Control. I can't control my emotions. It's who I am. I need to release how, who I am. No, you need to control who you are so that who you are will be better. But if you don't, it's, it's going to mess your life up. Amen. This is what Proverbs says. Fool expresses all their emotion. A wise person controls them. 2 Corinthians 6.11. Oh, Corinthians, we have spoken openly to you. Our heart is wide open. You're not restricted by us, 
but you are restricted by your own affections, splagnon, your own emotions. This is the second Corinthians after the first Corinthian letter. The first Corinthian letter was Corinthians, bam, don't change this, fix this, quit doing this. Quit screwing your lives up. You're free, you're free, quit messing up. This is not good for you. And what did they do? What most Christians do, throw a fit. Throw a fit. When the word of God comes, steps on your toe, what do most Christians do? They get mad at the deliverer. All I'm doing is sharing the information. All of a sudden, you think I wrote the Bible. I mean, that's pretty awesome of you, but I didn't write the Bible. Well, I did write Daniel, but that's another thing. No. The point is, is it, it, it is, it's the nature of the flesh. Your, your, your ability to grow and mature is to be able to receive from the instruction, the instructor. So what happened? Paul says, we didn't do anything. You threw your hissy fit because the word of God said, fix, change. Be, just do different. All for the sake of making you better. Not for the sake of hurting you. Never, never to hold you back. Never to make you weaker. Everything in the word of God is to empower you, strengthen you give you wisdom for life. And so they just got all mad at him and blamed, blamed him. And he said, nah, we're an open book. I'm teaching the word, I'm giving it to you, but ultimately this is on you. He said, it's your emotions. Your emotions have bound you up. Your emotions, not us, your choice to believe the way you're believing. And he said, you gotta be free from that. So that's something very powerful to see. And, and it's something that you can look at in scripture and go, wow, this is really giving us instruction on a way I can be. I can hear the word of God, get mad at it, throw a fit. But ultimately my emotional fit is not tied at a person. We just, it's easier for us to say pastor. It's easier for us to say someone else, my husband, my wife. It's easier for us to point fingers, but ultimately if they're, engaging in God's word, you're actually pointing fingers at God. You just don't want to say him because you're spiritual. Amen. I mean, that's a fact. So let's move on from that. Don't blame us for your issues, Paul said. Recognize your feelings are ruling your life. That's what he tried to tell him. Fix it. Amen. Emotions are choices. Emotions are choices. Bitterness, anger, anxiety, fear, worry, all that's, those are all choices. But again, is the action of anger, fear, anxiety, whatever, are these actions that are not good? Does it create sin in my life? Not necessarily. They're in there for a reason. See, when God says fear or not, he's not talking about the, the, the feeling inside of us that can protect our life. Because see, you could be in a dangerous situation and go directly toward that danger if you don't have something that says, wait a minute, something doesn't feel right. 
something's not right and, and feel something that's not, that's different than boldness or strength or power or security, this is saying, no, this doesn't, this ain't a right feeling. Now you can engage in this so many times to where it becomes something that manipulates you, that becomes empowered over your life. And it increases in a negative to where now you can't because it's dark in there. Now you can't because no one's there. And so what happens, you start build up a fear that produces what? Ability to control you. And so we can't ever allow the emotion to become that powerful over our lives where we're not in control. We control our emotions through here, up here. Anytime you have fear, ladies, guys, listen to me. That fear isn't the, it's not the beginning. It's the thought. The thought is producing the emotion. So don't assume I'm just a fearful person. No, you, you have fearful thoughts that are, that are just overrunning your life and creating the reaction of fear. Are you guys getting this? All right. Because you can't sit there and go, okay, I, fear's in my head. Look, fear, F-E-A-R. Oh, fear. <laughs> no, it can't. Anger. Anger can't. The, the word anger. Anger's in my head. Anger. It can't do anything. It's a thought of, Oh, I'd like to punch that person right in the head. How could they pull out in front of me like that? I'm going to church. Oh, whoops. No, I'm just kidding. But do you see what I'm saying? So the anger started here, up in the head first. Amen? <clears throat> That's what we have to understand. Understand what Scripture says. John 14.1 says this. This is what Jesus said. Don't let your heart be troubled. What did he say? <clears throat> don't let your life be in, uh, in feeling anxiety. Don't, don't let it get in a position of feeling anxious or fearful. What did Jesus say? First word, don't. What does that mean? Your choice. Completely your choice. Is Jesus going to lie to you? No. Is God going to lie to you? No. So that means if he tells you not to do something, that means what? I have the ability to not do it, right? I cannot do it. So he's saying, don't let your heart, don't what? Don't let your heart, don't let your soul, don't let your life be what? In a position of feeling fear, anxiety. But then he says, what? Not, he doesn't stop there. He says, why? How? <clears throat> How can I get to the place that I don't allow myself to be in fear or worry? And then he says, your father. And he starts talking about all the things that we need to know that, that say, you know what? I don't need to fear that. I don't need to concern myself. I need to understand that God will take care of me. If gas, five bucks, six bucks, seven bucks, whatever, God's my provider. He'll take care of me. He'll take care of me. God's not up there freaking out right now in heaven. Going, how in the world am I going to provide for all these people? Gas is just too much. No. All right. So Jesus said, don't let your heart be troubled. 
Do you know when he said that? Hours before he was going to arrest it. The night before he was going to be crucified. Is that crazy? And he's telling them, don't, don't be in fear and anxiety, guys. Can you imagine that? I, when you read 14, 15, 16, what he's saying is crazy. Well, I'm getting the 16 right here. John 16, 33. In the world, you will have tribulation. In the world, you're going to have trouble. You're going to have distress. You're going to have pressure. Where at? In the world. Now, why am I making this clear? Why is he making this clear? Because he wants Christians to understand that you don't go out in life and everybody just gets out of your way. There's going to be issues. There's going to be problems. Why? Because they were before Jesus and they will be after Jesus. Your breast stunk before Jesus. It'll stink after Jesus. Y'all got that? Don't turn your number and say anything right now. But what I'm saying is, is, is that acceptance of Jesus took place in your spirit. Soul and your body stayed the same. And that's what we deal with here on earth. So the key is, is to mature the area of the soul, the mind, the will, the intellect. As you mature that, just like a child, as a child matures, I can tell you right now, I can tell you from personal experience that the kids in that room scream and cry loud more than the kids over in that room. They're kids. What happened? I can guarantee you the kids in that room scream and cry louder or way more than the kids in the very last room here. What happened? They're still children. They're still little. The next room, I can guarantee you that the kids in this room scream and cry louder a little more than those ones in the next room. In other words, what is happening? They're maturing in life. And as they mature in life, what takes place? The ability to see and perceive in a different way, to see and perceive in a different way. So when that child, even a new child in an older age goes into a new room, they're not, ah! but you get a little baby and they usually do that because it's new. So what happened? Maturity. Are you guys hearing me? So it's based upon the growth, that maturing factor. What, just understand that because this is exactly what we deal with here is as, as believers that we get born again, we receive Jesus, and now it's time to mature. But what happens in most churches, you don't get this teaching, so the instruction is you're saved, you should be mature. You shouldn't do that. You shouldn't be this way. How dare you? So what happens when that is the main focus? Think about it. If that's the main focus, then my first response is, is I got to make sure I don't let them see it. So what do I do? Fake it. Look spiritual. Act spiritual until I get away from them. And then I'm what? Me. 
Oh, I'm not talking about anybody in this church, but anyway. But do you see what I'm saying? But see, that's what happens. We, instead of become, being real with one another and recognizing different levels of maturity in here, I mean, there's some of you in here, you are crying like little babies all the time. Just, ah, ah, ah. But you know what? You're, you're new. You're known the faith. You're a baby. And there's nothing wrong with that. And, and hopefully, we have mature people that recognize that and say, yeah, you've only been saved, you know, a couple weeks or a couple months or, you know, whatever. But when you've been saved for 10 years and you're doing that, 20 years, and you still acting that way, I mean, that's nasty. No, I'm serious. That's, that's a nasty picture. But guess what? That's what religious churches produce. And people literally, they wear badges thinking, oh, I'm just, this is, I'm just sharing my spiritual maturity of, of pain and hurt. No, you're not. You're showing the immaturity of lack of growth. Let's recognize the responsibility, can you with me, to grow, all right? Recognize the responsibility to grow. And by the way, whatever, whatever grade you're at, you never get to a, a grade level like in the natural where you don't have to learn anymore. I have a doctorate in this. Well, good for you. But if you want to be successful, you're going to keep having to learn. It doesn't stop there. You have to continue to learn. Same thing in the faith, amen? You have to continue to learn. So Jesus said, you're going to experience this, but what? Be of good cheer. What? Hey, guys, come here. Just want to talk to you about the world, and it's going to be a pain out there. There's going to be trouble. There's going to be pressure in life. You're not going to have this time frame where this doesn't happen. It's going to be, it's going to always come at you. You're going to have this stuff. But guess what? Be happy. Now think about that. Be happy. You just told me that I'm going to go out there and, you know, it's going to be messed up. I'm a Christian. I need to go out there and know that everything's going to be perfect now. No problems in my life. I'm a Christian. Well, you don't know the Bible, Christian. Start, start seeing what the Word of God says. The Word's saying that the pressures are going to be out there, but if you want the teaching of the Word of God, you're not going to be crushed. But if you don't know that teaching, they're going to crush you. And by being crushed, you're going to what? Blame. You're going to start blaming. That's what people do. That's the flesh, the nature of the flesh. You're going to start blaming. Even blaming God. But what he says is what? In the word of God, he says, we're hard pressed on every side, but not crushed. So that means I can feel the pressure, but ain't going to crush me. Now, the reason why I'm not going to get crushed, and I've, I've felt pressure in life. The reason why I haven't crushed is because I know what that word says. So that power working me is going to be pressing out. And that power is, I know what God's word says about my life. Amen? And that's what you guys are going to do as well. So he says, be of good cheer. I have overcome the world. I won. You guys be of good cheer. Why? Because everything about us is connected with Jesus. He won, I won. He won, I won. All right? Jesus said this in Luke 17, 3. I know this is a difficult one for us to hear. Take heed to yourselves 
If a brother or sister sins against you, rebuke them, and if they repent, forgive them. If they sin against you seven times a day, get rid of them right away. Seventy times a day, shoot them. No. It says, if they sin against you seven times in a day, and seven times a day return to you, saying, man, I blew it, I, I, I repent, you need to forgive him. I remember when the disciples said, how many times do we do this? Because, man, this don't sound right. And Jesus went 70 times seven. Like, are you kidding me? In a day? I mean, those are the scriptures where you just sort of like read, but you know, you know, it's like your, your eyes are all glassy and you're like, oh, okay, let's get to the next stuff. It's where it says, you know, take your brother to court or whatever. And you, oh, yeah, there it is. That's the one I want. It doesn't say that, but I'm just saying we like to read to where we get to where we're at. You know, love your wives, Christ love the church. Wives, submit to your husbands. See that? See what the Bible says? Woman, submit. You don't know how many guys I've seen do that. It's crazy, but that's what people do. We're going to go through the process to where this one works for me. Scripture is context. It's not pull something out. Context. And you keep it in context, you'll understand it in a greater way. All right. So Jesus said what? Do something that our flesh and everything within us says, you got to be kidding me. Now, I believe there's scriptures, even in Proverbs, that say, if you got a friend like that, let go of that friend and move on, brother. So you don't have to be forgiving them anymore. I release you from our friendship. Go to Angel. Angel likes you. See, now I don't have to worry about, you know, giving them forgiveness all the time. Now you might think, that's crazy. No, I think that's right. <laughs> so when we look at this, see, what he's saying is this is, is ultimately, I mean, think about it. Is that like crazy? What he's saying? I mean, are you guys, will you be honest with me? Come on, because y'all know you ain't going to live this way. You don't want to hear this. That person is going to do you wrong, come to you in that first time, and you're going to go, oh, man, please forgive me. And you're going to go, okay, I get it. Hey, I would have done the same thing for you. I forgive you. And they do it again to you the same day, an hour later. Please forgive me. I mean, I just don't want to. All right. I get, you look like you're really meaning it. So, all right, I forgive you. But you know, you, it's not good for you to do that. Okay, I won't. Hour later, the same exact thing. Don't tell me you're going to go, oh, yes. I believe you. <laughs> you are not. You are going to pull out every card that says, you ain't even saved. Come on, are we being truthful or not? I don't know, so I know some of you. You won't make it even after the first one. You're like going, I forgive you. I don't even like you no more. Come on, be real. The second one, you're like super Christian. The third one, <laughs> it's, that's four? Then you know you're probably not saved. I mean, this is crazy. Four times. Same problem. Five times, six times, seven times. Woo! 
Now, let me ask you something. In, in this message, does it make you sit and go, yeah, being a Christian is just awesome to really love people that much. I'm, 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 I'm going for it. Think about it. it it's, it's something where you're hearing this and you're going, this is, this is like crazy. This is crazy. This, I don't know if this Christian thing, you know, do you got like a JV league? Because I can do JV, but this varsity league stuff, I don't know if I can do this. But, but look what he does. He says, in this, he goes to the next stage and he says, if you have faith, and I find this very interesting that this is his next, he goes into a whole different instruction that we see as different, but it's tied to this type of lifestyle. And he says, look what he says. Verse six, he goes, so the Lord said to them, if you have faith as small as a mustard seed, you can say to this mulberry tree, be uprooted and planted in the sea and it'll obey you. And you're thinking, what? What are you talking about, Jesus? He goes to them and says, this is the right action. Now, I don't know about you, but that's extreme. If he talks to me in a way where one, two, three is crazy, but I think I can get there. Are you guys hearing me? Well, then it's our ability and just pure willpower. But he's doing something different. He's going to a place where he knows none of us, we're not going to make this seven times. None of us will. But then he goes to the place of what he really wants us to understand, that we are in control. That's exactly what he wants. So he says, in the area of what? Pistis, belief, faith. In the area of the, that belief that you have, you can say, you can speak, you can command. Are you guys hearing me? And so what is he saying? He's saying, when it comes to an area where I'm of difficulty in, I can say to myself, no, you're better than that. No, you're not going to go this way. No, listen to me. You are going to have authority. This is what he's, this is what he's teaching. You're going to be able to say to the sycamore tree, the thought, the negative thought. You're going to say to it, no, nah, you're going to obey me. And he's saying that. Yeah, I, I command that tree and go into the sea. And it'll and go into the sea. Now, this is pretty powerful because he just shared something that's, I would say, impossible. To have the right heart, to honestly, let me, let me, does he say this? And if he sends to you seven times a day, seven days, seven times a day returns to you saying, I repent, you shall forgive him, but not real forgiveness, but you can forgive him. Does he say that? No. Does he say you can partially forgive him? No. Does it say can the first forgiveness is a real one. The seventh one is fake, but you're forgiving. Okay. I forgive you. No, it's the same word from the first to the seventh. What would you say? That's impossible. Anybody else agree with me? Anybody else agree with me? Or, or you guys are walking that walk right now and you need to teach me because I can't do it. I don't know how to do that. I honestly don't. I don't know. 
I don't even, uh, you might be thinking, well, how come? Because I wouldn't let it go that far. I'm telling you right now, the, the dude ain't coming, come, he, you ain't even coming around. You ain't going to be able to do the fourth one. I don't, I can't forget it. The third one, the third one, you ain't going to be able to do it with. I'll just, I'm just cutting it right now. I forgive you. Don't even get around me ever again. Now, if we're talking about marriage, then you got to deal with that. <laughs> You're going to have to deal with it. Forgive them, forgive them, forgive them. And see, this is where you can find the real mature ones. <laughs> Are they really that mature? Are they really that spiritual? Well, let's find out. Do you guys see what I'm saying? In other words, this is hard to understand, but this is what God does. He takes us to the extreme where we're like going, it's impossible. And then he says, let me show you how you can operate a life in the impossible. He's not saying you guys are going to do this right away. He's saying the power of your ability to command yourself, your power to ability to speak to whatever it is, whatever it is, the power to ability to speak and command, it will happen. That's what he's teaching. So I like that. I like what he's saying. I like what he's saying. And it helps me understand that. Let me give you two actions to help to control. Help you control. Two actions. The first one, take a deep breath. Before you react, before you automatically do what you usually do, something takes place, something happens, something said, whatever it is, stop yourself right then and there. And you're, you're going to do something that, that is what I've recognized as, as an important step of doing what you know is the right thing to do. When I became Papa, I wanted to do the right thing in raising my boys. So I do know this. I have a subconscious way of raising my kids. Y'all do. And you might be thinking, what's that? That's exactly the way you were raised or worse. But that's your subconscious way. It's your training. You don't have to be taught. You've already been trained in how you were raised. Everybody in here. I don't care if you didn't even have parents. You were raised by someone but that is the training that you will put in your children automatically. If you don't consciously raise them, consciously raising them is the only way to stop the way you were trained completely. That's the only way. So in other words, you have to consciously say, this is how I'm acting. This is how I'm going to react consciously. You don't just react. You have to consciously say, okay, they did that. Reaction would be old way. So at the consciously, and what happens is conscious action will ultimately turn into subconscious action. See, I change, I'm changing who I am, but see, you can say, well, you should have known that before you had kids. No, that's not how it works. It works at the process of having, not before. And you can read all kinds of books. I read all kinds of books. I was a pastor teaching people how to have kids before I had kids. That doesn't mean I'm not going to act the way I was trained. Why? Because I didn't have them. Once they came in, then the action operates. It'd be like me being a sportscaster and not playing a sport. Well, I can look at the general information of how to say they should have done this, but I've never been in the game. 
So I didn't get hit in the knee that got me mad, that didn't want me to do what I wanted to do, even though it's the right thing to do. And the sportscaster sit there and go, well, you should have did this. Yeah, but I just got cut in the knee. So I want to punch the guy's face in. Yeah, Tim's like, yeah, that's right. But do you see what I'm saying? So you, it doesn't operate that way. It operates in life. And that's when you start have to doing consciously. You guys get this, consciously. That's the only way you're going you're gonna to change things is consciously, making conscious decisions, not subconscious. Now, the subconscious, believe me, God gave us this, and it's an awesome way to live life because you can learn something you don't have to think about anymore. It'll come naturally. That's the subconscious. Thank God for that, right? That's why you can come to church without getting Google Maps because you come all the time. So you don't have to get up and going, Okay, how do we get there again? You guys see this? So this is exactly what it says. Now, what we want to do is we want to stop ourselves. Instead of reacting, stop ourselves. Amen? Stop yourselves. Give, your, give yourself a moment just to process. Now, John 1.19 says this. Remember this, my dear brothers and sisters. Everyone should be quick to listen, slow to speak. Everyone should be what? Quick to listen, slow to speak. Brothers and sisters, everyone, quick to listen, slow to speak. Okay, the slow in the Greek language is bradus, bradus. And it literally means to do this, slow down your thought. Isn't that interesting? Slow down thought. Slow to speak means slow down thought, and I will slow down speech. Take a deep breath. Everybody do it right now. Practice. I don't care what you did. <laughs> See, that's we don't want to do that. We want to consciously say, okay, now you might be thinking my reaction is toward something that just happened to me. All right, I get that. I understand that. But aren't we looking for change? So we automatically assuming God doesn't know what he's doing or what? I mean, ultimately, you got to say, I, I want to go down this path. I want to walk this path. I want to learn. I can tell you again, that the action of emotions being uncontrolled are not healthy. They're not going to be healthy for you. So we're going to control life, right? So first thing, first thing. Now you might be thinking, there should have been something more spiritual. Now, that is spiritual. Now I can see right now everybody in their homes. Man, we're going to hear a lot of. Can you imagine the person that's in front of you seeing that? They're going to go, wow, you listen to the word of God. They might even go, all right, I forgive you anyway. You listen to God's word. All right. Anyway, so it says we want to be deep breaths, so to speak. Matthew 6, 31 says this, take no thought. Take no thought saying. Jesus said, take no thought saying. Now, in reference to this, he was saying, take no thought saying, what are we going to eat? What are we going to wear? How are we going to dress? You know, he was saying, don't grab hold of a thought. Don't own a thought through what you speak. What that taught me years ago was this. 
thoughts aren't owned, truly owned, till thoughts are spoken. So I can have a lot of thoughts going in my head. I can have a lot of thoughts. But it's when they're spoken is when they will cause most problems. So he said, take no thought saying. Don't, don't grab hold of this thought through the process of speaking it out. Because you can think of someone, man, that looks dumb. And everything's cool. But when you go, that looks dumb. Now there's an issue. There could be major problems. There could be, I mean, something else has happened. And so Jesus tells us, don't grab hold of that thought so quickly and speak it out of your mouth. Be slow to speak. Amen? Slow down the thought process. Second thing, second is replace negative thoughts. Replacing negative thoughts is control. So you're slow to speak. You're quick to hear. You're, you're not speaking out automatically. And what you're doing is you're controlling your life. Now, I'm, I, listen, we all need to get professional at this. Amen? Right? And I get it. I get how life is, how it can be situations and different things you're dealing with. And we, got, we, can, we can make a list of why this, doesn't, this isn't going to work right now. And I get it. I understand that we can look at life in a way that says, this is not, we can't do this. But I believe the scripture is telling us that we can do this. Does a first grader never make a mistake? Does a second grader never make a mistake? Does a third grader never make a mistake? They all, we all make mistakes. But the thing is, is we all are learning and maturing to the level that we need to, to get to the next level. This is exactly the same way. So what we have to do is we have to receive it. Receive it and recognize, yeah, I'm gonna stumble, I'm gonna fall, I'm gonna mess up, I might even flunk a grade. But either, the, the truth is, is my focus is, I want to follow what God's word says because it's gonna make me better and those around me better. So that's the priority for my life. It doesn't make me worse. It doesn't make me less relevant. It makes me better in life. So 2 Corinthians 10.5 says this, bring every thought into captivity to the obedience of Christ. It said, do what? When I saw that, I thought the way most people think when I taught, I've been teaching this one for years and I remember hearing this and I thought, that's crazy. I can't bring every thought captive. I wouldn't even be able to live life. Oh, I'm going to get every thought captive. I'm telling you, this is how I thought one time when I heard this teaching. And the pastor's teaching this. And I'm like going, that's ridiculous. How can anyone live a life and bring every thought captive? That's impossible. But see, as I grew, as I matured, as I understood what this was saying, and as I saw life, I realized this is 100% possible. And we do this area of thought control or uncontrol all the time. All the time. It's not saying that you're operating in an inability to think or process any thought whatsoever. It's saying you're in a position to where you have the ability to control. To be capped, to take a thought captive, this is a military term, by the way, when Paul said this, this is what they said. 
This is what they saw. Take this thought at gunpoint with an AR in its back. And as that moves the wrong way, shoot it. That's what they saw when they heard him say this. But with him, it's with a spear. It's with a sword. It's with a captive under control of your position. So what he's saying is, is you have to be in a position of power and control your thoughts. Have a military mindset that this is going to affect you. And you're going to choose to let it free or you're going to choose to keep it captive. But either way, you're empowered to take every thought into captivity. That's what the Bible teaches us. He's not saying impossible. He's not saying difficult. He's saying you can do this. You can do this. I'm not going to tell you to do it if you can't do it. You can do this. So it's not where I go through life and, and every thought before it can come in my head is something I have to control. No, really, I think I do have to use the restroom. Oh, no. All right, well, wait, so let's make sure. Is it real or not? Uh, okay, it is. Okay, all right. Do you see what I'm saying? Isn't that ridiculous? But it said every thought. But see, you, you've got to read context of Scripture, then you get crazy. So in the area of this is talking about make sure that every thought in the, in, in the position of your Christian walk and the pressures and warfare, that you're aware of thoughts that can affect you in a negative way. They're enemy thoughts. They're thoughts that are going to hurt, thoughts that are going to attack, thoughts that are going to cause problems. So you are to recognize in a time of in that type of situation, control your thoughts. Are you guys hearing that? All right. So it says, take every thought captive. Proverbs 15, 28 says this, the heart of the righteous studies how to answer. The heart of the righteous studies how to answer. But the mouth of the wicked pours forth, pours forth. They just, they're going to speak right away. I, there's too many scriptures that tell us that we're in control be in control. Amen. Are you guys getting this? So we want to replace negative thoughts and understand that if you dwell on negative, you're going to stay negative. You can control your life. Colossians 3.8 says this, but now you must rid yourselves, put off such things as anger, rage, slander, and so on and so on and so forth. You've taken off the old self with its practices. You put on the new self, which is being renewed in the knowledge of the image of the invisible creator. So what's it saying? It's telling me in my control of my life, I am saying this is my old way of action. I'm putting on a new way of action. This is my old way of action. I'm putting on a new way of it. This is my old way of action. I'm putting on my new way of action. By doing this, by me doing this, I am operating in this life that's being renewed. Everybody say being renewed being renewed through what? Knowledge. Everybody say knowledge. So how do I change my life? Pray? Has God changed me? No. You get it through this knowledge. Everything you've heard right now is something that you can apply to your life. Now, have I ever taught, you're in first grade now, I'm giving you a university program, pass it. No. But what you do understand is this information to what level you're at in your life, you're going to take the information and you're going to start putting it to use. You're realizing you're in control. 
your emotions are tied to your, your, your thoughts. I'm angry all the time. Then quit thinking angry all the time. I've had guys get so mad at me by me saying that. They don't like to hear stuff like that. People don't like to hear truth. They want it more difficult, more complicated. Yeah, but you just don't know what kind of anger it is. And I go, anger? Really mean anger? Yes, mean anger. Okay, quit having mean anger thoughts. Or maybe you can just change them to anger instead of mean anger thoughts. In, in other words, it's you don't control this. You're going to be that. Breathe. Stop yourself. Don't just react. Stop yourself. Two ears, one mouth, so to speak. Are you guys all with me? That's how we're going to overcome. That's going to have how we're going to have victory in this life. We will recognize all my emotions are good, but they're going to be good because I choose them to be good. I'm going to be happy, and it's going to be happy, and you're going to be blessed by it. If I'm sad, I'm going to be sad, and it's going to be the right time to be sad. If I'm angry, I'm going to be angry, and it's the right time to be angry. But the point is, is I'm recognized that these emotions God has, I have them, and I'm going to control them. And as I continue to grow and mature in the faith, I get greater and greater control, and I'll be able to have the power life that Jesus said belongs to me. Amen. Father, we thank you for the word and the truth of the word of God. And we have the expectation of victory, expectation of change, the transformation that comes through the knowledge of your word. And as we receive the instruction, we leave this place knowing that we've already had change just because of the information. So we're going to continue to operate on this journey of transformation and change and realize that we're not going to be the same again. It's what God wants for us, and our lives are going to be successful because we choose the path of success. In Jesus' name, everybody said amen. All right, y'all. Love you guys. Have a happy day. Thanks again for listening. To hear more encouraging messages just like this one, make sure to subscribe and check out our podcast channel for past episodes. If you loved what you received, please consider rating it and sharing it with your friends and family. For more information about Love Life and getting connected with us, go to lovelife.church. We love you and are believing God's best for you.